Um, dear Lord, we thank you for bringing us all here together tonight. We thank you for this week that we're about to start, this week of remembering, this week of believing, this week of celebrating you. Lord, give me the words you want these people to hear tonight. Lord, we ask that you might be with us as we listen, as we speak, as we think. And Lord, we ask that you might forgive the sins of the speaker, for there are many. God, we love you. We have hope in you. And we thank you for tonight. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to read Psalm 150. So if y'all would stand with me. Um, just going to read. It's only about six verses. So, All right, Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. This is the word of the Lord. All right. We like to celebrate, don't we? We celebrate just about anything, right? We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. We celebrate people, places, and things, whether they're living or they've passed away, right? Um, and we do also celebrate God quite often, right? We're moving into this week of Holy Week where we spend the entire week remembering and at the end of the week we get to Easter, right? Where we celebrate the greatest thing that God has ever done for us. So we do know what this thing called celebration kind of means. We know that it means something to do with praising him, something to do with being excited about what he has done and who he is. But I think that some of us, myself included often, get kind of worried when we think about celebration, right? We think celebration needs to be kind of toned down at least a little bit, right? We're afraid we're going to be irreverent towards God, which is a totally valid fear, right? We don't want to be irreverent towards God. We don't want to be irreverent towards the creator of the universe. But I think this psalm can help us kind of think through a proper way to do celebration, a way that is both joyous and at the same time still shows the proper reverence to God. So beginning, before we get into breaking down the psalm, I want to read a quote from C.S. Lewis that kind of prepares us well for diving into the Psalms, I think. So he writes on the Psalms, um, it has all the cheerful spontaneity of a natural, even a physical desire. It is gay and jocund. They are glad and rejoice. Their fingers itch for the harp, for the lute and the harp. Wake up, lute and harp. Let's have a song. Bring the tambourine. Bring the merry harp with the lute. We're going to sing merrily and make a cheerful noise. Noise, you may well say. Mere music is not enough. Let everyone, even the benighted Gentiles, clap their hands. Let us have clashing cymbals, not only well-tuned, but loud, and dances too. 
So that kind of prepares us to kind of step into the first part of this, which is just the pretty well-known phrase, praise the Lord. Most of you probably know what that is in Hebrew too. It's the word hallelujah. We say it, we use it in songs quite often, right? We have this word hallelujah. It means praise the Lord. And as we're thinking about that word, there's a lot that goes into that word, right? It's not just some kind of random phrase that we just kind of throw off whenever we want to, right? It's an imperative. It's an entreaty for us to praise the Lord. It's calling us to do something, calling us to celebrate him. It's kind of what the pastor was talking about this morning, right? We can't just say empty words. We can't just go along with whatever is being said. We need to actually understand what's happening. We need to actually understand what's going on. So I know I'm guilty of many mornings waking up and saying something akin to praise the Lord, right? Saying something akin to hallelujah. And just kind of saying it and not really thinking about it and just knowing that it's something that I need to say. But I think, I can't imagine how much it could change what we think about praising God if we actually took that as the command that it is. If we actually understood it to be a command, an entreaty, a hope for us that we might celebrate God today. So instead of it being simply hallelujah, praise the Lord, it's hallelujah, praise the Lord. So I think that's a good way to kind of frame this, and we see it happen again at the end. But um, So moving on from there, it says, praise him in his sanctuary. So what is God's sanctuary? In the context of the psalm, it was probably something meaning the temple. Um, That was where they praised God. That was where they felt their connection to God. So it probably referred to the temple. Now today, as Christians, we don't have a temple, right? We worship in spirit and in truth like Jesus tells. We worship in places like this, right? And we call this our sanctuary. And I think often this is a piece of what our sanctuary is. The church is part of the sanctuary, but it's not the only part. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So that, coupled with other ways that he talks about it later, lead us to understand that the actual sanctuary of God is within us. And that's a together us. It's not just, it's within you, it's within me, we kind of do our own thing. We're all members of one body, we're all members of Christ. And in him, we find true celebration, true connection, and our true connection to God where we can actually celebrate. So that, that's God's sanctuary. It's wherever you are, it's connected to other believers. Now that doesn't mean you can't ever celebrate on your own, right? You're home alone and you feel like celebrating God. I don't think that's what that means. But I think it does mean that even when you are alone, you have to remember that all of your connections, everything you do is connected to the other believers around the world throughout all time who have been worshiping God. It's not a singular thing that we do. 
It's a communal thing that we do. And the psalm kind of adds to that in the next verse. It not only talks about praising God in his sanctuary, his earthly sanctuary, but it says praise God in the heavens. Everything. Not just the entities on earth, but also the entities in heaven. Everything wrapped up. It's calling everything, everyone, to celebrate God. Think about that for a second. Think about what kind of celebration we could have. What kind of celebration we do have when we realize that God has called us all to celebrate. And all, not even just meaning all humans, but all creation, all everything, everything that has breath, like it says later, is called to praise God. It's called to celebrate Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So moving on from there, um, we have this kind of who, right? We have this who of who is being called to celebrate. So I kind of think about it like a party invitation almost. So you get this party invitation, right? So dear Andrew, please come and celebrate with us. Well, that raises a few questions for me. The first thing probably would be, what are we celebrating, right? I'm standing here. I'm not sure. I don't know how to prepare myself for this if I don't know what we're celebrating. So the psalm, thankfully, gives us an answer to that right up after it calls the who. It tells us the what. So it says, praise him for his mighty deeds. What kind of mighty deeds do you know that God has done? What kind of mighty deeds do we read in Scripture? What kind of mighty deeds have we seen in our own lives? Think about it, consider it, mull it over. God has done a lot of amazing things for a lot of people. And I wonder, if you think about it, if you might have a reason to dance. David certainly did. In 2 Samuel 6, the Ark of the Covenant was returned to Jerusalem. This was, the pl- this was the sign of God's covenant to the people. This was what promised that God was going to take care of these people. This was what they saw as the sign of that promise. And David was so excited that God had brought that back, that God had shown his faithfulness in that, that he danced, that he danced undignified, but truly and joyfully before the Lord. And David saw God's faithfulness that day. But I think we can even move beyond that. As Christians, we don't always have an answer to what God says he's going to do. We don't always have the answer, and the ultimate answer of ultimate restoration of everything doesn't, hasn't happened yet. But we can wait in hope and in faith that one day it will. Because we know from stories like that that God is faithful. And if you really believe in God's faithfulness, if you really trust in that, I bet you'll have a reason to sing. Like Mary did. Luke 2, she sings a song. A song about praising God. Not only for what he has did, but what he did but for what he was about to do. 
what he was about to do through his son that she was going to give birth to. She looked forward to the day when everything was going to be restored. And I think that we can too. The other thing that this psalm mentions for the what, the what are we praising him for, is praise him for his ex, uh, praise him according to his excellent greatness. So this is kind of the same thing, right? It kind of builds on that same idea because we have the idea that God is great because of what he has done, but he is also great because of who he is. Now that throws another little wrinkle into the mix because we can't really know who God is. We know portions of it. We know bits of it, right? We know God is great. We know God is merciful. We know God is just. But it's really difficult for us to comprehend that stuff. I would encourage you today that we do have a place to see that. And that place is Jesus. He was the one who reveals to us who God is. He was the one who shows us God's greatness. He's the one who shows us God's mercy. He's the one who shows us God's love. He's the one who shows us God's justice. Jesus is the one to look at. The people in Jerusalem knew that too. At least some of them. A few of them, they had to be celebrating for some reason today. Some of them saw that Jesus was something else. A lot of them were probably just following the crowd, like the pastor said this morning. But the crowd had to be started somehow. And some people set it off with Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There were people that day, just like there can be people today who saw who Jesus was. They saw his greatness and his might and his power. Let's look at him today. Go search the scriptures, search what you know. Look at Jesus. You'll see part of who God is in him. And that also, that story of Palm Sunday adds another little tidbit to this. Um, in Luke 19, 39 through 40, the Pharisees, at the end of this parade, tell Jesus, you've got to get these people to stop. You've got to stop them. I don't care. This is not good. You need to stop them. And Jesus tells them, if I do, the stones will start to cry out. God will be celebrated. And he's giving us the opportunity to do that. So I would take the time today, I would take any time that he offers you, whether it is today or another day, to celebrate him. He'll tell you why. Whether it's for what he's done or for who he is, there are reasons to celebrate him. And he's offering that to us today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, now, we go back to our invitation, right? We've got this invitation, and it says, Dear Andrew, please come and celebrate our anniversary with us. Okay, so now I know why we're celebrating. But there's still kind of another issue that we have to address, right? The question of how are we celebrating, right? 
Is this going to be like a formal kind of dinner party? Or is it going to be a hike in the woods? Because I'm probably not going to wear this nice suit to a hike in the woods. Um, Is it going to be somewhere inside with AC? Or is it going to be in the Houston summer heat? Because that will probably change some of our ideas of how we prepare for that, right? And the other thing, I think that moving beyond and breaking this metaphor a little bit, the how helps all of us, myself included, who are worried about being irreverent. It helps us know, if we look in God's word, how we can celebrate him, how we can celebrate him well. So it lists off a whole bunch of different instruments, right? Trumpets, lutes, harps, tambourines, dancing, strings, pipe, cymbals, two different kinds of cymbals. And this big mix of stuff all comes together to celebrate God. I think there are reasons for us to sing and to dance today. And I know that everybody has not been given feet to dance or voices to sing with. But if you have, and you're like me, and you're kind of like, I feel like I have two left feet and a voice that nobody would ever want to hear. God made your feet. God knows what you dance like. And if it's done to honor him, I bet he'll be pleased with it. And it's the same way with your voice. God knows what you sing like. He made you that way. I bet he'll be pleased with it if you do it in hope of honoring him. I think the other thing that this part brings forward to us is the fact that celebration can be loud. We have symbols, right? And symbols are big and they're loud and they're crashing. We know this. We understand this. It doesn't mean uh, celebration has to be loud. It doesn't mean that it's supposed to be loud. But it means that it can be loud. And that's something encouraging. Because sometimes we do feel like making a great noise, making a great joyous shout to the Lord. And that's okay. But we have to remember that symbols are instruments, right? We can't just go banging symbols around randomly, just ding, 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 right? Um, Symbols are instruments, and instruments can be used both well and badly. So, even in the noise, we need to make a noise that's honoring to the Lord. It's not just any kind of reckless noise, but it's a noise that brings honor to the one who's called us to celebrate. So, all of these things come together, are mashed together, and they're kind of eclectic things um, when you really look at it. So you have trumpets, you have woodwinds and strings, you have all kinds of stuff. And there are different people that use these often too. Um, We have trumpets that the priests usually were known for playing, and then lutes and harps, which the Levites were often given the lutes and the harps. And tambourines and dancing, which Hebrew women were the most often people who used tambourines and dancing. So we see all these different kinds of noises and all these different kinds of people making all these noises that all come together to celebrate God. And there's a lesson for that 
lesson for us in that too. And it is not necessarily that we're all musically inclined. But we all have gifts that we can celebrate God with. Even if it's artistic talents. We have people in Exodus who use their artistic talents to bring honor to God by building the tabernacle. We have Paul who celebrated God with his words over and over and over and letter after letter after letter. There are so many different gifts that God has given us. And so many of them can be used to honor and celebrate God. And when we bring those together, each one of us using our own gifts to celebrate, that makes the great symphony that helps us celebrate God well. And that is a lot of why celebration is, or how celebration is. But it's not the end of the story. I've given y'all a lot of ideas about what celebration is, about, uh, I keep saying what, about how celebration works. But I think a lot of it comes from searching with what God is calling us to do. It doesn't matter completely whether it's a big thing or a small thing, whether it's this big, gigantic, year-long celebration, or it's a little, tiny bit of celebration. I know people who walk up to trees, and that sparks up just a little song in their heart, and they celebrate God in that. So big or small, just look to God for that. He'll tell you how he wants you to celebrate, how he's gifted you to celebrate. Then use that to celebrate him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So then, it comes back around, right? It started with a call, and it ends with a call. So, it ends with, let everything has, that has breath praise the Lord. So once again, we see everybody, everything and everybody called to come together to worship God, to praise him and to celebrate him. And that's what we're called to do. And then we end with that phrase, one more time, hallelujah, praise the Lord. So that kind of tells us a little bit about celebrating. Now, like I mentioned with the how, this is not an all-encompassing list. I gave you a little bit on the who and a little bit on the why and a little bit on the how. But I would encourage you, listen to other people speak about this. Read the word for yourself. Meditate on it in your own hearts. Search for reasons to celebrate God. Search for people to celebrate God with. Search for ways to celebrate God. God will tell you some ways. It doesn't end in this church tonight, but it continues, and it's a continuing process of discovery. And as we continue to discover, we continue as we continue to discover, we continue to understand more and more who God is. And in that, 
our hearts are connected closer and closer to him. And that's where the change happens. That's why we call this a discipline. Because as our hearts get closer and closer to God, our hearts change to become more and more like he wants us to be. So that's what we're hoping for. That's why we celebrate. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for all that you have given us, all of the people to celebrate with, all of the reasons to celebrate, and all of the ways that we do celebrate you. And God, we pray that as you lead, we might celebrate you whenever, whoever, however. God, we thank you for this. It's in your son's name, through the power of your spirit, that we pray. Amen.